Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome. It's Friday. It's Nancy Matt's Friday, just not any Friday. You know, there's there's like Aloha Friday, there's Thank Goddess Friday, TGI Fridays, right? But this is Nancy Matt's Friday. That's what makes it so special. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so because the way these things go, when Nancy's on, we we just never know. But uh, I'm glad to be here, and I hope you're glad to be here too. Um, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state. And if you think you have a paranormal issue, send us an email. Send, send me an IM on Facebook. Send, send me an email at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. It's that easy. Quick reminder before we start the show. Tomorrow, I'm going to be teaching a Ghost Hunting 101 class. And what that class does is, it's not what you think, okay? It's for it's for people that want to be on our, you know, that want to be on a team or want to be on our team. Because we're we recruit from those classes. But it's also for just the ghost hunter, casual ghost hunter, that wants to like go hang out in a hotel or someplace with their friends. It'll teach you how to techniques on how to do, do like EVP sessions so that you can get clean ones. Because believe me, when you do a lot of those old hotels, you don't always get the best conditions to do stuff in. So you might be in a situation where maybe there's karaoke going on downstairs or... The bar, you know, they're, they're having a party down in the bar because it can get noisy. I've been in situations where you can hear the bottles clanging downstairs. So this teaches you how to tell what voices are what on the recorder, right? Because a lot of the EVPs we've gotten in, in hotels have been in situations where there's partying and stuff going on. So we te- I, I teach that. So if you're interested in that, visit the California Haunts Meetup page. For details and everything and sign on up and i'm going to be doing it tomorrow 11 a.m pacific okay now as we move on if you're watching from youtube do me a favor and subscribe there's a little ghost down in the lower right hand corner there has a magnifying glass and a sherlock holmes head on that's our mascot we're looking for subscribers okay need subscribers need lots of subscribers if you're on my facebook page and you want to follow me, you can do that too. So click that button too. Anyway, without further ado, let's bring Nancy on. You, you gave me a chuckle. I think I may be. Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> Colors off. Oh, I love days like this. Um, I remember working uh, an investigation with you, and it was in uh, Grass Valley. And uh, was that an investigation or was that a, a conference? Anyway, the bar was so noisy. It was kind of like, are you kidding me? It was crazy. I got the wrong light bulbs up here. I look like I'm of a different culture. <laughs> I love nice like this. And my day started off kind of crazy too. I was typing and uh, I accidentally erased the notes for tonight. So I spent the last <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows me. I type for crazy, like four or five pages. 
So I try to recapture it. And so I believe that God in infant wisdom said, you're going to talk too much. This is what you want to say. And uh, there's some people on tonight or going to be watching it later on. And one of the ladies thinking about doing a past life regression with me. And I thought, oh, how, how convenient we're going to be talking, you know. And, uh, and so when you start talking about Grass Valley, I couldn't remember if it was a conference or not or a ghost investigation. It made me laugh. Because who knows, you may be meeting yourself in a hotel sometime. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know. It's funny because people don't really, you know, you, you think that. And the, the only way that the TV people get the stuff they get is because they rent the whole stupid facility, you know. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, ghost hunt, normal ghost hunt groups don't have that kind of funding. So we're yeah. against the eight ball on this stuff. And so we've got people having dinner. you got people dancing. you got people yeah. Slamming down, what are those drinks they make when they slam them down? You know, the, the slammers, I guess they're called, right? Boom, and they slam <laughs> You got all that going on, and then you got people carrying oh, it. So it's well, it's it was so far. It's karaoke weekend, right? You know, yeah. so you got the karaoke guys downstairs too singing. Yeah. So it's interesting yeah. to figure out what voices are which. But like I said with this class, I, I, I teach people how to do that to be able to discern yeah. what's what, you know? I think it's really um, fun to do yeah. ghost investigations if yeah. you're not afraid. Yeah. As long as you're not afraid. Oh, yeah. And, We've gotten some good class A EVPs where people were singing downstairs yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's not something, because I know there's people that get frustrated with it too when they're investigating. They don't like it because it's so noisy. And to me, right. well, you know how my personality is. I'm just like, you know what? We'll just improvise. We're just going to go for it. That's Sometimes you just have to surrender um, to the process. And I tell them when I do readings, I surrender. It's like I'm not really the one. I'm a, I'm the instrument to get the information. Sometimes you just in a ghost investigation, same way. Yeah, you're gonna go. They're either there or they're not there. Right. You know, you're gonna turn on the equipment to see what you get. And sometimes and, when people yeah. are partying downstairs in a the bar, they're <laughs> watching because they want to watch the people party. I mean, you know, but... <laughs> they do. Yeah. I mean, Remember I when the ghost investigate the. Uh, the ghost tours in the cemetery and oh, we yeah. started out with a handful of ghosts uh, spirit peoples and halfway through i'd feel this rush of people coming over and they say oh there's a party over there let's let's join her you know we'd end up with three times more spirits than we started out oh yeah you know they get curious and then they want they want to see what's going on too do they miss partying too you know just like you know i had this vision that the uh, brookdale lodge and um it reminds me of the hotel in the shining Oh my! Before it burned down, but what it reminded me of was the ballroom because when I walked in initially to the door, I saw a bunch of guys, you know, dressed up in zoot suits because they're, they're gangsters. <laughs> yeah, and they turned around. They all lifted their glass to me. They what? They they had cocktail glasses and they you know their beers and everything and and they saluted me with their beers when I walked. Oh, in. that's cool. And I saw and where's this the hotel. Building. That was the Brookdale Lodge. And you said it burnt down. I think it burnt down, yeah. What town is it? Where is it in? Oh, it's near Santa Cruz. Oh, so we didn't do that one? No, that was something else. That that was that was a Nancy Bradley, I think, went out there. But we did it. I remember uh, one conference we did, it was a hotel and it was promoted by somebody else and we went there along the coastline somewhere. Where was that? I don't remember, but I remember oh, going. We've done so many. Um anyway, before I <laughs> <laughs> I have my notes, um, I've kind of trying to keep on track you know how that is oh, right and monday uh -huh. the gentleman that was on 
what was it last month talking about reincarnation and then the and the connection was so choppy you mean uh, uh reagan uh, mr matlock pardon me mr matlock's gonna be on monday oh good past life fella oh i enjoyed him yeah he was really good except you couldn't tell what he was saying because the connection was so bad so yeah. we're gonna do it over the phone well it stopped every once in a while yeah yeah so we're gonna do it over the phone he'll be on monday so this kind of leads into that you know what we're gonna do on monday so I uh, wanted to wrote another note. <laughs> I had to write another note because remember, I just <laughs> You know what my afternoon was like? You know what? I'm going to be doing stuff on TikTok, you guys. But the biggest mistake is to turn TikTok on because it's like the, it's like the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. all you do is go. And I, find, I found Martha Stewart's TikTok. Oh. Cool. And she lives on this big farm. You know, she's got this big rabbit but it's funny because the one she posted just recently, she was shopping at Walmart or someplace. And she and she looked up and she says, yes, people actually, actually do push carts. And she's going through and she's like, look at all this stuff says gluten-free. I don't think she, you know, I think she either has people like, she'll probably yell at me over this. She either has people shopping for her or she's pretty sustainable on her farm. She grows all her own vegetables. Mm -hmm. She's got mm -hmm. like 300 chickens. Wow. So I'm sure she's got cattle or something out there. So I don't think she gets out the shop like an old person because that was funny. She gets over to like the where the, where the baked goods are, and she tells the employee, and she, she's just like, "Well, which one of these cookies are the best?" And so he says, "Here, get these." And she's like, "Okay, I'll get these. These these has raspberry raspberry." And then she had some kind of weird bread that was real light. She had in the bag. She says, "See, it's so light, it's in a puffy bag." Yeah. So I, you know, it, it was funny watching her do this, and I watched her um, make something. And I further back. She's funny about being in prison. <laughs> yeah, she did go to prison. I didn't see that coming. And I that up. for a holiday thing with these oranges where she was putting cloves in these oranges to make the, the uh, because when the oranges, I think it's clever as heck. When the, <laughs> I know guys, we're, we're getting totally off topic. I'm sorry, but let's get back on topic. Okay. We can talk about her another. <laughs> yeah, she's making these oranges. My point is how funny she is about being in jail. She's making these oranges. Oh, I know what it was. She, she, I guess while she was in jail, the, the, there was a crafting class. And she made a nativity scene in her crafting class. But mm -hmm. the way she says it, she says, well, I was gone away to camp for a while. And I got to take a crafting class. And this is what I made in this crafting class. Oh. So just the way she puts it, you know, like, you know, I, I was gone on a vacation. I went to summer camp. <laughs> yeah, I went to summer camp. <laughs> I was gone to summer camp for a while. I had to live alone for a long time, but I'm good. So anyway, that, that, that was me going down the rabbit hole of TikTok today, you know. And uh, it's never ending. So you guys, if you, if you have a TikTok starting probably, well, I'm already posting stuff on there. For Nancy and my stuff is on there already. Probably starting Sunday, you guys can join my rabbit hole. That sounds terrible. You guys can you guys you guys can look for me for California haunts on TikTok because I'm going to be doing some stuff on TikTok. I want to tell stories um about this house and growing up psychic in this house, you know, and the activity that I did starting as a little kid, you know, and how the family didn't believe in all that. So I'm going to do that, but like one of those like they like to do those you know part one, click on part two to see you know to get the answer, you know, do that stuff. All right, we're done now. Back on track. Uh, before anyway, before I forget. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if you typed uh, who I am. Uh, I do have a website, nancymats.com or .net. It's all there. It's all it's there. All there. It's all there. Um, thank you, dear. Thank you. I forgot to mention a few times, everybody, like 
we're having so much fun. I just forget to say, by the way, I do this for a living. <laughs> Speaking of fun, I got this really cool text from Nancy today. <laughs> this voicemail. And next week, I'm allowing Nancy to do a past life regression on me. During the week. During the week. Oh, and then we're going to have the results for you next week. Okay. If you want to share, you know, we'll it depends on it if I'm some hoochie gal, you know, or something better like somebody. For, I think what we all explore is your interest in the in what you do for a living. Yeah. Uh, some of the things, your dynamics of your parents. You know, we're gonna go thing, do things. We can ask more questions. Um, because we're friends, you know, you can take as much time as right, you want. Right, 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 right. Right. Um but private things we're going to keep private everybody and what she wants to share and what i'm looking for is people don't understand what it feels like to go down and a lot of people are afraid they'll lose control that was me everybody <laughs> i have tight control <laughs> i give you power to step out of something and it's very easy yeah. um how many have i done too many to count how many have i done uh during a, a reading when i just get information and conferences and I'll stand up somebody and I'll go, wah. And I'll, and the people go, Oh my God, that's exactly what I do now. Or I was uh, given a conference, um, a theater in the round at the Madison hotel. And we were doing a night just on past life woundology. What happened in a past life that you brought forward and are suffering from the fella. And the, if he, if he's going to watch this, get a hold of me. Cause that was amazing. Uh, he stood up and he says, I've had stomach trouble all my life. And I saw him in front of me and I was the bad guy. And I had a big uh, sword in my hand. And on the stage, I reached back, had one hand in front of me and then one behind me. And I stabbed him right below the uh, diaphragm. And everybody went. <gasps> <laughs> and he says, Matt, explain the sharp pain I've always had right here. <laughs> Another lady, um, I was doing a past, uh, anyway, I got into a, a, a little job for a while with a client of mine, and he said it's past. And uh, I took, um, went to lunch with a couple ladies, and while we were talking, uh, Jill said, can you do that with me? This is kind of interesting, this past life woundology, and at what happened. And I saw a, another battle scene. No, we don't already all in battles or not always cut up but she had been curious she was almost six foot tall in this life and i don't know if that has something to do with it but she was in the crusades curious right and i saw this man come up to her and with a sword but not as big as the fella that got killed on the top row <laughs> up there and i saw him go down and reach her um, pelvic bone and rip her open up to the breastbone on the upside. And we were outside in the town and country village shopping center over there on Fulton. No, it was Fulton and Fair Oaks. And there's a little shopping area you get outdoors. And she stood up and started undoing her blouse. And Dick was sitting with next to me and Jill was there and she's standing up and we're going, wait, wait. She says, just enough. Well, when she was an infant, she was born with some difficulties and she had to have surgery. Guess where the scar is? Hmm. Bone up right to the rib cage. 
And it was exactly what I had pointed out. So clearly the wound from that sword in the past damaged your insides. So in this lifetime, they had to fix that issue and open it up and then fix it again. Um, I really love this. And I have to admit, maybe I didn't believe in this. I got into this after cancer and divorce to figure out why we're here, as many people do, as you're calling in tonight or as you're visiting me for the first time, or it's like we get to a time in our life and we go, God, I've suffered a lot. Darn. There has to be purpose for my life. There has to be a reason why we exist. And I went through that. I went through that. Um, I was born with this condition. Saw my dead father after he was killed by a drunk driver. I was six years old. My mother panicked. Oh, don't you ever do this? She was always shaking her fist at me. And I kind of blocked it until I got in high school. And then it went, <laughs> it was all the time. And I really thought everybody did this. Got married. Both my kids had the gift. Um, it's just amazing. So, uh, so after divorce, I got into this and it might've been six, seven years. If I remember, no, it might've been a little sooner than that. And it started coming up. And the first time I remember a child, we're going to talk about children, but we're going to talk about incidences that could happen to anybody because we have to be aware that I am who I am. And I'm telling people, oh, there was a head turner. Oh my gosh, today's session. Oh my God, it was wonderful. 32 years. I just had an anniversary of May 4th, 32 years into this every day. And I'm still saying, oh my gosh, I said that. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I got in here only to prove to myself that life was worth living and that there had to be a reason. So when I started Spirit of Grace and Citrus Heights and worked there 15 years, almost every Friday, groups of 30 to 50 people, I started seeing a pattern. I started noticing something was going on. Oh, I remember I was doing a group and uh, Ken and Ali Keck were the ministers. And I was talking to the group and there was a fellow in there. I'm sure he's passed away by now. He was 50 or 60 at the time. And all of a sudden over him, and listen, I don't have the imagination to create some of the things that I've seen, right? So <laughs> this guy was there and I saw Thomas Edison overlay him. And I went, huh, <laughs> I'm going, oh, maybe what do I do with that, right? And so I said, okay, I gave him his answer on something. And it's not like I didn't like him, but I'm a quieter person. Yes, I get excited, but he was a outgoing, louder person. And I can't remember what he did for a living, but I went to Cannonelli afterward and I said, I didn't feel it was appropriate for me to tell this gentleman, guess who you were? Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was appropriate. Oh, I, I imagine they believed it. He believed in it. But you get to a place that this man was successful in life and he thought a lot of himself. And then on top of it, you're going to award him by telling him, by the way, you were promised Edison. Uh, you know, I didn't know if that was right. Mm -hmm. So um, love it. I love it. So I want to, I, I did write some notes. I just got through sharing with you that um, earlier today, because I'm a note person, I write all the time and um, I'm going to write these books. And so every time we do anything, I want to uh, go ahead and do these things. Um, so I want to go with this one first. Come on, Nancy. Um, so the first time 
uh, I'm going to back up because I want to, we shared a couple things. And the first time this happened to me was very early 90s. And I met a lovely lady and when I first started, May 1990. And her name was Camille. And we're the same age. Um, and she had adult daughter. Um, well, she was a few years older because her daughter was older. Um, and then maybe five, six, seven years later, she calls me up and she says to me, I was watching a show similar to National Geographic and she was watching a clip on Peru. Now, Peru, not that I would want to visit there, but their villages are made of rocks. And so this, remember, we're talking in 90s. So maybe civilization in that mountainous area, they now make things out of wood. Who knows? But the show they're watching, there was uh, buildings made out of rocks. And the little girl came in and looked at grandma. And she says, do you remember when we were there? But I was big and you were small. And Camille Chris goes, oh. <laughs> oh, honey, that's sweet. And she leaves the room and she calls me up. Blah, 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 blah. I says, well, first, stop yelling. <laughs> Calmly go in there and have her tell you a story about what happened. And the little girl, and she's three, blue-eyed blonde, cutesy cutesy she was darling i think she's in her 30s now if she sees this she may be embarrassed i don't know anyway um she told her granny that she was the daddy and grandma was the daughter and that they live in the village and one night a bad man came with a stick and hit everybody in the head hmm. we're talking three-year-old who knows, who knows death at three? When my father was killed, I didn't understand death. I was six, one month short of being seven. And I remember him visiting me. Someone asked me about this. Uh, it's odd because I didn't think anything of it. What's death? When my mother was told he had passed, I didn't have any concept. And I remember him at the foot of the bed. It was one bedroom apartment. The couch made it into bed. Mom slept out there. My sister and I were in the bedroom and uh, I remember waking up and he was standing there and he was, he was lit up and there was kind of a halo around him. Well, I told grandma, his mother, and she recorded me every time I talked about him. So it goes back that far. And I remember being in high school and my grandmother, Bobby would tell me that I used to talk to her about dad visiting. And uh, so children who don't have any concept of death would not have a concept of a spirit, nor would they question, oh, daddy visited me. Mother went, <laughs> grandma went, oh, and she was a spiritualist. In those years, they called them Christian scientists. And then she got into um, uh, Fillmore, uh, the truth, something or other, uh, very intuitive, very, very psychic. And so was my dad. Um, her mother was very psychic. And if you ever look up um, the Fox sisters in upper New York state, that was where they came from. So that, that community was very in tune to it. And so once you figure out, oh, this is your gift. Oh my, you're special. Let's do table tipping. And so Bobby used to tell me of her mother doing table tippings on the weekends when the fathers uh, would, uh, they had a quartet. And on the weekends, they would entertain their friends. It was a little part-time job. Anyway, so Camille, after all these years, I, I uh, talked to her maybe three, four, four years back about this. And 
the little girl's grown up and doesn't speak to it, only as a child. Um, shortly after that, and I'm trying to remember back at the times, uh, Gail came to visit me with a 20-year-old son. And she says to me, and he was a lovely young man. He was about 20. And he came in, he was kind of like, oh, she's spooky, you know, not really, but everybody wants to know who I am. And I, you know, I'm, this is a long time ago. So we're all older than 25 years ago. And she looked at me and she says, <sighs> come on, spit it out, right? And she says, my son won't call me mom. He calls me Gail. Oh, really? After all this time, he's 20 years old. And the boy said, well, she's not my mother. And I says, really? And I, I asked him what it meant. And he says, well, I've never forgot my other mother. My mother is still in heaven with my sister. We died in a car going over a bridge. And he never forgot. He openly talks to Gail about it. They've had conversations. And he never got to the place where he accept birth. And this is this life experience. So I want to give you an idea. If you go to YouTube and type in Ghost in My Child or the channel called LMN, they have dozens and dozens of um, YouTube clips of children who suffer from the, the remembrances of a past life. Now that I'm in this, at this point, 32 years, I would say three, four, five years back, I was spontaneously getting past lives. Um, and not necessarily what I wanted. Um, I don't need to know that I was captured by a pirate ship and the first night out, the first trip out, they got captured. I'm in the dungeon, arms hanging out of the rails. Guess what? They're going to put us to death in a few minutes. It's like, why did I need to know that? A, a person, a farmer, and the, what they did was the pirate peoples, if they didn't um, get enough crew, they just entered the countryside of wherever they were and just grabbed people. And so my wife and my child, a little girl, was standing there screaming and yelling, and I was drug off to a pirate ship. Nope, that was it. First, first uh, conflict, we're captured and I was put immediately to death. How's that helped me in my life? And I was talking to somebody the other day about, I think maybe it was a show. Anyway, I can't remember <laughs> um, why I'm compelled to do this. Oh, it was my class. I had class. And I had a flash years back of myself scrubbing the floor. And I'm a young woman. You're young. And I feel like I'm not a nun yet. I'm building to that place. And I'm scrubbing the floor, scrubbing the floor. And I'm very frustrated in my mind because all I want to do is help. I want to go to the community and help people and stress. And I feel like I didn't live very long. And maybe why I'm so committed to work this is I'm fulfilling, sure, I'm going to embarrass myself here. What is it called? Initiative? Initiative or when a young woman is trying to become a nun. Anyway, I don't feel like she had a long life. And maybe I'm fulfilling a, a, a desire from that lifetime. Um, the next one uh, was a woman who had been haunted by dreams. And she said to me, I have had a dream that's bothered me a long time. I'm not positive. I think her name was Kathy. And this was uh, a house I lived on, Ingle, Black Eagle, off of White Avenue. So Kathy, if you, if you ever see this, give me a call. 
Anyway, she sat down and she said, I, I need to talk to you about something because I can't forget this dream. And what I curiously remember thinking, I shouldn't be able to see the dream. And over the years, I've come to believe that if you talk to me about a dream and I can see it, and it's a dead person visiting you, then that's a spirit dream. If you are talking about a situation, then it was past life, it was true. I should not be able to see an emotional dream. Say you're dreaming about your boss and all of a sudden you're all in the car and you drive off a cliff. That's an emotional dream. You're going down with a ship. No, no, no. But if you dream about something where I can describe what he looks like, guess what? That's a true prophetic dream. So she's telling me how she suffered because this has been going on a really long time. So she was talking about a life that she perceived to be early Germany. And Main Street town, not like Mayberry, USA. You know, in uh, Germany, all the European, uh, the, the structures are four or 500 years old. So what era is this? But her father, from what I could describe, because I can see it now, was a butcher. And the building was three stories high, at least. And what she was fearful of was footprints. And she could remember hearing him come up the style spiral staircase into her room with her brother. So you could go to that unfortunate black secret, but it's been haunting her. Then I started describing her room. I described the spiral staircase. I went outside and looked at the town. And every time she had a dream, if I remember right, Kathy, you correct me if I'm wrong, she would dream parts of the town. And when I was able to describe the town, then she knew it was a past life that she needed to release. That was then, this is now. She couldn't figure out why she was seeing it. I says, because there's something in your past that you have to let go. And I'm not sure, but I think she recognized these people in her life. Uh, her brother was younger in, the, in this past life. Um, you could appreciate how big and strong the butcher must have been, you know, hauling big pieces of meat around and cutting it up and strong body, strong arms. And even though that might not look what the person looks like in this lifetime, the energy is the same. So even though she was an, a, a young woman, um, we're talking 30-year-old, mid-30s, she'd been having this for a long time. So the haunting of her childhood crept into this lifetime. And it can cripple us. Can It can cripple us. And I really, um, at this point, I kind of was, thinking something was going on. And I don't think my heart was in it. I was thinking, oh, you know, you don't put a lot of weight to it. Okay, so guess what happened? My mother says, there's an Edgar Casey group in Citrus Heights, and it was only down five, within five miles of the house. So I joined the Edgar Casey group. They're talking reincarnation. <laughs> My mother knew that, right? And I was struck me with this. And so the group, on the one couple of times I went, they had a gentleman lived across the street, Madison and Sunrise. And he did past life regression. Oh, Nancy, you should go. <laughs> I'm going, oh, sure. <laughs> so I, I meet him. He's a lovely older gentleman. And so I, uh, I allowed it to happen. And in this dream, uh, my father is a will, a wheel, W-H-E-E-L maker. 
and we're part of the Roman Empire. And he's making wheels for the carriages of the men being pulled by horses. So it's for more of elite peoples. And I used to watch him do this and he worked really hard. And as a child, we would get, you know, the metal ring that went around the, the wheel. If it didn't work quite right, he would let us play with the wheel with a stick. Remember pictures in olden days, people would do with a stick and they'd make the wheel go across the ground. Well, I became a pretty good runner. And me and two other people, we would, kids, we would just play on the sands of this immense deserty area. I don't know where we were. I mean, North Africa or were we um, in Europe somewhere? But we were part of the military. They, The military had my father. And I remember seeing this dream went really fast. Um, excuse me. Regression went really fast. <laughs> but I remember as a child looking at the army and saying, I want to be part of it because I hated what my father did for a living. Can you imagine just making wheels day in and day out? That's all he did. So I got, I joined up and they, because I was running all the time, they gave me, which I had research. When you had encampments at night, they would send out a runner with information about the battle for the next day. So sometimes the campments would be far away, sometimes they'd close, but in the dark, they would send one lone runner out with information to the other commanders. My job was, I did that for a while and I tripped over a rock and broke my knee. Guess what? Sent me back home to my dad. <laughs> I became a whale maker. And I got married and I had a child. And then one time after I learned to walk better, the armies came through again. And they said, yes, you can join us. And I went to bed happy that night, not knowing. And this is what kind of upset me. When the military came through some villages and they weren't going to use it, or they usually just burnt the whole thing down. So that night we all died. End of story. What's curious is in this lifetime, I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. I started 30, I'm an athlete and all my, I love running. Uh, injuries and health, ill health at times have kept me from being who I really want to do. So maybe last time I'm going to become, you know, what I've always wanted to do. So that was my first experience. After that, um, I, I was curious then. And I went to um, ARC. Um, I had gone to some colleges um, a few years there. Uh, off and on. And one of the classes I took was a gentleman that taught past life regression. And there was like 40 of us uh, sitting on the floor. And he said it was going to be really fast just so we experience it because he wanted feedback. I don't remember the gentleman's name. If anybody in the audience remembers this, it had to be late 90s. And I was sitting there. And at that point with the wheel maker, it felt so real that I wanted to try it again because I couldn't believe I was experiencing that. And a lot of people say that to me. And it went really fast. But what I got was I was a little girl chasing another little girl down what I would call a corridor. There was a wall to my right. To my left was an open area, what we would call now an atrium. So uh, there was a fountain open to the sky, shiny sun coming down. And the little girl I was chasing and the floor was stone, cold, cold. And we were barefoot. I remember thinking how cold the stone was. And she hits down to the 
end of the corridor and takes a left. Well, I saw her turn. I was far enough back that I looked and saw if I went across the um, atrium, I would catch her on the other side. When I went from the cold to the hot, it hurt my feet. I remember that. When I came back, it was, what, two minutes? You know, 30 seconds, two minutes. How long was he getting us to experience that? Because it took time for us to relax and be that way. So 1999, mm -hmm. my best friend from high school, Karen, came to visit me. And we were sitting in the front room. It was Fair Oaks and uh, Old Auburn Boulevard. I bought a um, fixer-upper. So I spent a couple of years there, sell it, and moved on to another house. And uh, get down to my notes so I don't forget something. So I said to her, I had the most interesting, I've been doing a past life stuff. And I find it really fascinating. I want to tell you what happened to, I went to American River College and this teacher, I don't know what he was, but nice man, he regressed us. And I was telling her about this experience of being a little girl. And I was starting to tell her and she went, let me finish that for you. Now I want to explain that I met Karen in high school and we were 13 years old. And we are very close friends today. So uh, that was uh, 16 years ago. <laughs> Did I say it so you don't, I <laughs> didn't hear that. You can't be friends that long without a connection. And uh, she said, let me finish up for you. She says, when I was like six, seven, eight years old, I had a dream that I stole my cousin's bread and I started running away from her. And she raced after me and we ran down this corridor and she cut across and she tackled me and took her bread away. And she says, it's only that long. Think about that. How in the world would she remember that? And I would have that experience without my knowledge of her telling me a story yet of the same experience. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why it collaborated. It's, it's, it stayed with me. But what happened was that she told me details that I saw and she didn't know. And she says, I ran really fast because I didn't want you to stop me by dragging, by grabbing onto my pigtails hair. And when I'm running after the girl, I'm thinking that. I, I just love this stuff. It, it's almost like almost too hard to um, get in. Uh, I have thousands of hours of audio tapes, uh, DVDs, clips from radio shows I've been on, you know, I've gotten for punishment. I, I was on a lot of events. I was invited, if you remember, um, Booger and Bed, Budman and Booger, a radio show, How Avenue and um, What? No, let's see, What and How Avenue. And there was a building on the corner and they had me on the show. And as soon as we come in, I... If I haven't put it up, I'm going to so you can listen to it. it was fun. And these were two young men and they had a really fun show. And uh, they heard about me and they said, well, you want to be on? And of course, I walk in with those switches on, right? And the room's full of spirit people. And so before we started, I started describing this gentleman's grandfather who was standing right there. And there was a couple of people showing up. And so it was a show about uh, interaction with the spirit people and that, can I do this? Well, this is what I do right? Along with psychic stuff, I'm, I can do this, born this way. And, and as the show is going on, you'll hear it in the clip, because it was only, 
I think I narrowed it down to like 12 to 15 minutes on an hour show. And the young man yells at me, can you explain, can you explain why my, why my ex-girlfriend was where she was? Man, she was, and he started going into it. And I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I closed, I closed down for a second and I saw past life where this girl, ex-girlfriend was his mother. And I said in the air and both boys are just screaming. And the young guy who asked me questions says, well, that just answers a lot. <laughs> it does. Because she was very tight, controlling, over-dominant, just had to do this all the time. And women, if I get in one more call of dating and, and you say, well, he just wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do that. I was trying to be helpful. I was trying to help him. I was trying to give him advice. I says, you're not his mother. You're his partner. If he wanted advice, he would have asked for it. Well, this is what this was about. You have to let your partner, man or woman, make mistakes to learn. You're not there to help them grow up. You accept them as is in that moment. And I said a few things like that when I got off there. He says, you cannot believe how awful it was. She was always telling me every little thing to do. I said, that explains that's because she was your mother. I love that. I love that. Um. The other thing, I, I someone asked me, and I want to go to this, um, past life uh, regressions. I, I, mean, I have stories that make your head roll. <laughs> and I can start telling stories about the man who came with his wife because he didn't trust me. Like, what is she? She's going to do what? And the woman sat there and the husband came in. And if you have a partner, as long as you keep quiet, you know, I don't care who my, how many people in the room. And... Um, I've done actually great rooms like the professor. And when I lived in Sierra Vista, I started doing this. And then I continue in Tucson, Sierra Vista, um, Arizona. You Like the learning exchange we have in um, Sacramento, we did for a while. I taught classes there too. And it's very easy to do a whole group. So if half, have two people is nothing. So this man came in and I remember thinking he might have been in law enforcement or something. Like, I'm going to check this woman out. And I'm not very threatening <laughs> you know, and very neat and lots lots of beautiful things flowers and artwork so he comes in he kind of relaxes right and so this woman had some legitimate family things that she needed to have a regression and when it was over uh she started talking to me about well i kind of understand and we looked at the husband who just bawling his eyes out bawling his eyes out and he started remember this is the guy who didn't really want me to talk to his wife right and he was quiet and I, we looked over and his, he, he was just a mess. And he went to explain to me the profound past life regression he had. And it cleared up a lot of things. So even by osmosis, you can have a very successful past life regression, even if it's for somebody else. And this is another, this is another example. I think this was done not in that house on Kirby and uh, um, Riverside. I lived over there uh, in Roseville. This was, I think, a, uh, someone else's home. I can't remember. But this is a um, two ladies, and they've been partners for a really long time. And I really like them. Uh, one lady lived in Davis. No, I think it might have been my house. I can't remember. Anyway, <clears throat> one lady was very successful at work. And she didn't have to really try hard. And the other lady was um, high energy. Wow, wow, wow. You know, just, I really liked her. Her her force was great. And it seemed like no matter how hard she tried, there was always someone out to get her. And so that was the reason for the past life regression. 
this woman had to come to terms, whatever the past life would show her, why she is having a problem. So, okay, so I'm a little spooky. I know it. I'm going to admit to this. So the one lady, we go back and guess what? I'm watching it, right? And I've done this in, in groups. And the one Sierra Vista, I just tap into what people are seeing. Remember, if it's true, I'm going to be able to see it. So I witnessed this woman, um, and it was time of Egypt. I don't know what era because they were a, a strong um, force in Northern Africa for thousands of years, right? And she was a beautiful young woman, and she had entourage of other women around her. And they were walking along a path, and they got to water where you could see the reeves come up. And I think she was going to put, it was ceremonial of some sort. I think she was putting uh, flowers in the water. And it would, they would float down. There was some sort of ceremony. And uh, and so I, I remember that real clearly. And we were talking about it, uh, asked her questions. I said, how does it feel to be this person? It was empowering. It's wonderful. She felt good about herself, whatever, whatever. And then she started asking questions that evidently she had a young life. She didn't pursue or there was, it was something more. I just remember this being so profound because when we came back, when I brought her back, her partner was crying. Hmm. And she said to me, just in this, like in this life, you've never appreciated me. Didn't you know I was your handmaiden? I saw myself on my knees next to you when you put the flowers in the water. I was your handmaiden and you never paid attention to me. So the one that was a handmaiden has so much success. And the one that was a prestigious title has to fight for every recognition because the younger one, the one on our knees never got it. So they had a reversal roles. Ooh, goosebump time, everybody. Oh my gosh. I, I get goosebumps because I like these ladies a lot. And um, just, it was just wonderful. I entertained one lady. Um, she had like eight, seven or eight brothers and sisters at, and a mother, everything in their house. I think it was a, uh, Woodland or Davis or something in that direction had a wonderful yelling night. <laughs> when I when I talk to read groups and I go from one person, everybody goes, "Oh, she got you!" You know, it's all those secrets coming. <laughs> Not secrets, but I really I really enjoy that as well as telling this kind of story. So I was in. Um, I hope. Okay, we got. Mm -hmm. I got to explain these things to get to some points I want to make. Okay. So I was entertaining in Old Placerville off of Highway 50 going up toward Tahoe, for those people not in California. And Placerville was a mining area, real the mine, real the deal. Hills and mountains, valleys, everything. So in town, as you drove and get through the town on the right, I think it's a restaurant most of the time, but when I was entertained, you go in, I can't remember if it was a bar or not, but you walk a little further, there is a mine going down into the ground with a metal railing. And then there's stairs and you go upstairs and the, at the top was a conference area where you could rent out space and they would have meetings and things going on. And there was a group there for me to talk to. I can't remember, uh, actually I can't remember why we were there. What I was supposed to do, was it all past life? I don't think so. Was it reading, doing just general like I do? Cause I, that's what I really love to do is use, one at a time out of a big group. And this was a group. So this woman and her son, and he was sitting to her left, kind of, a, you know, when you're 15, 16 year old, a young man, 
Um, they're inquisitive. They want to know. And he was just really pleasant. I, I just had a good feeling about him. And the mother had somehow knew me or, and uh, she brought her son. And when I was reading the group, also I looked at him and, oh, I must have had a terrible light look on my face because I looked at him and then I saw myself drowning in the belly of a big wooden ship. And I actually remember putting my hands up to block the. So in those years, you know, cargo planes now carry everything, right? When those years they used to stack boxes on top of each other made of wood and they floated and I was drowning. He was drowning and I was in his presence and he was knocking the boxes from hitting him in the head while he watched the water lift him to the top of the belly of the ship and he did drown. And I kind of gasped and I remember his eyes getting real big like this. And he, I was explaining the scene and terrible where, when doesn't matter to me, but clearly it was a ship that transported in the days of wooden ships cargo. And I said to him, if you tell me that you don't like being confined places, dark and water, it would explain this. And the mother got, oh, yeah, and almost didn't let the young man talk. He is, um, he is a Olympic swimmer and he goes to the Olympic pools locally so that he could be part of the Olympic team. But guess what? He can't take a shower. He doesn't like a confined space of a shower and the water hitting him. And they admitted that in front of everybody. And I, so I'm a mother, grandmother, and I have this look, you know, everybody says, you have that look. And I looked right at him. I says, you can let that go now. Now you know why you are this way. And that was that life. And this is your life. Your reward is to be a champion in water. And I remember him looking at me like, thing, the light went off. It was goosebump time. It was like, I looked at him right in the eye. Let that go. That was in, this is now, don't be afraid of the, both of them afterward approach me because it sometimes takes that long to get over something. And Brian Weiss, I've written, I've read everything he has. And he is the fellow that wrote Many Lives, Many Masters. Eric Casey also wrote, I wrote, I read all nine of his original books uh, in the belief of the member. I got into it and I'm obsessed. I'll do everything I can to read everything. And, uh, and so it got to a place where I wanted to read up on all these things because I wanted people to know that sometimes the phobias, the fears, wishes, wants, and desires don't always come from this life. It could come from a past life. Remember I said, I think I was a novice and a Catholic nunnery of some sort scrubbing floors. What era was that? Probably 16th, 17th, 18th, 1900s in Europe somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I felt like a slave. I wasn't getting to the public. I can let that go, but the passion, and anybody deals with, oh, you, you know, I understand Nancy. I had this unbelievable passion and faith in the universe and God's force and everything like that. It's amazing. Um, so sometimes when we have children bring up these things, and if you go to the channel LMN or type in Ghost in My Child, Child Brain Court, or child reincarnation stories. You'll hear a lot of these children. And of course, there's some famous ones. There's a young person that said he jumped out of a building when it was on fire. 
And you'll find that when he, it was actually the Twin Towers, he jumped out. And of course, a lot of people did. And there was another young man who said he was a lady and she jumped out of a building in Chicago or something. And he said that um, he described her and her mom found her. So that was really, um, and then you can let it go. How about the little boy that uh, started drawing pictures around one and a half to two of a plane being on fire and he fell into the ocean and his name was James. And he says, I'm James number three. And they found out that the, the past life, the young man died in the harbor around Japan somewhere and his name was James. And I think there was somebody else in the crew or something, Char, whose mm -hmm. name was James. So he was James number three in the group. And this gives me goosebumps again, because some of these stories, and of course I could start naming um, Carol Bowman. I remember her reading up on her, I actually connected with her trying to see if I could work with somehow. Um, and uh, my gosh, the children, the people that work with children, um, my mind just went blank because I'm thinking about something else. I want to go to a place where as adults, um, how, when, and where, how do we do this? Uh, where do we go? How do we get there? How do we come back? Actually, I could probably talk about this for hours on time. So I want to talk about something kind of quick. When you do hear the stories of these young people, um, they'll give different stories on how they came down and found mama. One little boy says he was on a rope and came down. One little boy said he was on a ladder and he came on a ladder and he crawled down. And from wherever they are, they can see and choose a family to be part of because they want to be that child they see coming. And this, and I know soulmates, I know Edgar Casey believe that we um, come back with the same groupings of people, but within those groupings, we have different stories. So I want to mention something. Remember my seeing myself as a novice. Clearly that lifetime affects me in this lifetime. What is her vibration? Wanting to have service, service to others. That was so strong that that came over into my life. Now, I have to admit, I was uh, 39 in 87 when I got cancer. I got divorced. And my husband and I were doing very well. We lived in the zip code that everybody wants to be in. You know, Loomis, right? We lived there when prosperity was just booming. And I walked away from everything because I couldn't figure out at that time who I was. It was an era when we got married in 67. I remember wanting to get a credit card and my husband and I had to go down to the bank and he had to get permission for me to have a credit card. It was under his name. So women's rights, women's control things, you know, the husband had every, he, he had control of every aspect of my life because it was common because that's what his father did. So when I got cancer, I says, I'm going to die. In 87, I had stage three plus. Uh, if I'd waited six more months, they say it would have been a stage four. I would be dying. So um, so we get to a place, Char. <laughs> Char, keep with me, sweetie. Right. I'm talking. I know. You watch too much TikTok. I want to finish this. No, 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 I apologize. I, um, I know, that's okay. I just didn't want you to snort. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I don't know. I, I, I went off. I know. Okay, let's keep going because I know I don't want to keep the people uh, in because I'll keep going for hours here. Yeah, no, I apologize. So, 
I was thinking, my mind wandered to a past life experience I had a few years ago when I was just thinking about it, then I kind of went. Oh, should we yeah. share it now? You want to share it or not? No, no. Okay, okay, all right. All right. You remember, I've had multiple past life, and now I see three future lives. And I'll explain that. I'll write myself a note, future lives. <laughs> oh, and past lives, experiences. See, these are on my notes that I raised. <laughs> when you saw your past life, because when I saw mine, mine looked like an old um, tinted movie. A what? The coloring in it was tinted. Like like you see like some of those old photos. Yeah, yeah. That's what mine looked like. Let's talk about that off the air because I'll have to look at it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a, a roaring 30s, 40s? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know when it was. I can't tell when it was. I just gangster feeling to me. Okay, then um let's see. Pass anyway, guys, I apologize. I did uh I, I kind of I've been practicing meditation to build up to this past life thing so so she can put me under and it's been working obviously. So, <laughs> so okay, so that's okay, Shar. Um the wonderful thing is I didn't die. Yeah. You know, I committed myself to doing this. And that's when my belief in the universe um, and what I would call my commitment was because I was going to live, which right. directed me. That's a whole new show, everybody. I don't need to tell you how I got to the spirit of grace for sure. But that commitment prayer. Um, so anyway, over time, my commitment to doing this has gotten stronger. And then when I was introduced to reincarnation, I battled it had the experience. Karen told me about her life. And so I got into the children thing after Camille. So I want to go to a place. Um, the past lives with children. Okay. How we get here, whether the little boy came down a rope or a ladder. Okay. Now I'm on track. Because right, right, right. I was watching you going to sleep. I'm like, oh, I got well, that's the thing. I just, uh, I had 10 when I go into meditation. I, I, I was off in meditation. Okay. But let's keep going. I want to finish this. I don't want people to leave, turn it off at at 7 30 because they're going out to dinner or something yeah anyway so it seems like there's a lot of ways that we can have a perception of our next next life do we all look at our future parents as children or we do it at different ages absolutely this is important we can see a future life but it's based on the life choices you've made from the one you left if it was a child or a prior one now the the child who died as an adult, that life is very strong. And he now in this life wants to go in the military. Go for it. If a child dies and the last life was a child, then they'll back up to the yearning, wishes, wants, and desires of a prior life. Because a child doesn't have a time to establish a vibration. If you go back to mine, she was a novice. She wanted to be a nun. What vibration does she have? Passion. And I talk about for my class, the feeling of belief, like in your church, you're overwhelmed. No matter what your theology is, you're overwhelmed with, with the Holy Ghost and ecstasy about faith. And I don't go that way, but my faith is, un, is so strong. People have witnessed me going, oh my gosh, you know, I just, uh, my belief in the system is very strong. So this is important. If in this lifetime, you do not accomplish your greatest goal, 
if something happens where you do and you don't like it, or perhaps in some ways you've taken the wrong turn and you've gone downhill, at your attitude as you grow older on this directs you to the next life. So I'll, I'll do it this way. Say we have a vibration color and I'm multicolored because I'm always busy, got a lot of things going. Well, I'm busy. So is next lifetime, am I going to be a nun again and have a quiet life but in service? The fellow that is a murderer, how is he going to fix that next lifetime? Is he going to become the priest? Is he going to be making up? If he hurt people, will he then be of service to others? I questioned myself. I thought, what did I do wrong? I mean, 32 years, tens of thousands of people, when you think of all the groups I've addressed and the conferences and the ghost investigations. And my gosh, I'll keep working for as long as. No, it was somebody who was frustrated and wanted to do it. I died early and never became the nun I wanted to be. So that's why I'm pursuing this. So that expression, uh, I'm going to pull it up again. Have you heard the expression, everybody? I'm going to make sure. As you sow, shall shall you reap. I'm sure everybody's heard that. How you direct your life is a reward because next life you get to fulfill it. Now, I want to, I want to be careful. I want someone to say, well, I really screwed up. I want to be on you have to justify your actions. You have to apologize. You have to be sincere to stop a pattern. So I want to say when you go get out of this body, and I've had two flashes now of myself out of my body into the afterlife. And we get to visit. We get to have fun. Uh, so when Dick passed away, he came to visit me. And I thought he was death. And I came, came into the room and the smell of death was so strong still. So we had been joking because he had a stroke and he was really struggling. And he called one day and I says, oh, it's you. Are you calling from heaven? <laughs> I've told this story a few times. And eventually he did show up and he was, he had just died. And it was the first time that I had felt it. He must have just stepped on his body and go, I'm going to go see Nancy. Boom. And he does have a child. He has family. But um, when we were talking. I says, oh, now, Dick, you love to go out and about. You can travel the world. You can take golf again. And he was, all of a sudden, I got this real excitement. He just occurred to him, oh, my God, I'm alive, and I get to play. I was, boom. He went, he went right by me, and it was actually kind of amazing, kind of, ooh, you know, just I couldn't believe it. it went right through my shoulder. The, he was so happy to get out of it my big office, he went through the door. He could have gone through a wall, right? He went right through me. And that was so much proof to me that we survived because of his reactions. He got mad at me initially because I didn't pick up it was him. Like mm -hmm. it's a person. I mean, the spirit is in my room. Here I can close my eyes and feel it until I figure out who it is. But when you have a spirit show up seconds after he died and the smell of death is room, hey, my blinkers are not working. <laughs> <laughs> and I could hear him say, God damn it, Nancy, don't you know who this is? And then when I felt that, I went, oh my God, it's Dick. And then I felt someone go, yay, <laughs> she figured it out. And what I told him is go have fun. And all these years, I realized that you can travel anywhere. I've, I've, I think I might've had past life in Japan. I'm very attuned to that country, not any, not any other places. I don't have a huge desire to travel the world. I want to see the United States. 
so we all have that connection. Uh, I saw myself as a child on what we call the Cliffs of Dover. And she's running, waiting for her daddy's ship to come in. Uh, turn and sent very long time ago. <clears throat> so in this life, <clears throat> I was never able to run my first official um, marathon. I was diagnosed with cancer um, November 18th. Uh, my biopsy was the 22nd. The, um, the race was December 7th the California marathon. And my first, the first big surgery was the following week. My mind was not in it yet on Sundays. My, my, uh, Sunday, Sunday run was 16 to 18 miles. The marathon would have been very easy for me. And so I've always tried to catch up. So guess what? I think next time I want to run. What kind of life am I going to pick? Well, you don't know me, but I'm a nerdy kind of a person. I like space and I'm always inventing things. So I had a flash of myself as a young man with black hair, tall, uh, tall to me because I'm only five, four and a half, might five, 10, 11 in the future. And he's graduated from high school or college. He has a, a white shirt, black pants look. And my feeling is celebration of finishing. And he was going to go into the service the next day. And his ultimate goal was to be an astronaut. So I saw that. And then I saw uh, um, the other one I saw for me, um, was a college professor writing on a board, you know, the math equations. And I'm kind of a quiet, dark, uh, brown hair, big must, uh, beard, and I'm writing. And I want intellect. I'm always thinking. And most people don't realize this, but I'm always inventing. Uh, my son is aerospace engineer. My daughter is a registered nurse. You know, we think that way. And I was engineering, I'm always creating things. And so sometimes my force forecasting is of structures, buildings. Um, I see things being done. Um, the space, um, there's gonna be ways for us to get in the space without rockets. We're gonna have twine or something. I, I have pictures, I've written it down. And um, a lot of things like that happen. So in this lifetime, I have pursued things I want to do. I recognize myself, who I am. I am delegating choices for the future. Now, am I seeing a choice of, of those two men? Is that the same time frame? I don't know. The third one is so far in the future, I don't know when it is. And I'm a, a woman again. But the clothing is odd because it feels like it's a sheath looking over a, another dress. Remember the movie, um, Oh, golly, golly, golly. Total recall with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they're on Mars. <clears throat> and inside the mountain, they have this, the living quarters. And then there's a glass. What I saw was everybody's going to be able to have structural living quarters inside the mountains of our planet. Why? I don't know. And there's a layer of glass or some kind of protective between us and the glass of our structure inside. And she's standing between, and I'm looking to my left and I can see the kitchen and it's all blue and gray coloring. And it's very sterile, not sterile, but uh, very um, Spartan. And to my right, I'm seeing what I call flat with bench, real 1950s look. And I'm standing there just looking out. Um, culturally, I have light hair and light eyes and light skin. Could be anywhere, uh, any country. Um, 
or any location. And for some reason, I'm standing there just looking at the scenery because it's gorgeous and everything seems to green. So it might have been the beginning of um, uh, springtime or the end of summer when the snows start, come, uh, the rains happen. But it's very green and beautiful. And, and that's all I got. She's so far that I can't touch what she does for a living. Or my guess would be 300 years, 350. And so when we live our life, you can have interests that you don't get to fulfill today, but you can choose that. So it brings me to another another story. So I have a client. Her name is Tina, and we're going to interview, and she's going to we're going to do a video. Um, her her brother passed away, and uh, it was very sad, very sad. They're very very close, and he lived um, somewhere else. I don't know if it's South Carolina or somewhere else. And I I I don't know where this went, but one day he came to me. He says. Tell her I'm in the Mediterranean and I'm pretending to be Johnny Depp, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Look at me, I'm on a pirate ship. And I was shown the size of a pirate ship about the size of the Nina, the Pina, and the Santa Maria. Sh small. And I'm not one to know things about pirate ships. And I saw the ship and it was not attractive. And the outside of it was all black black and it occurred to me and this is where it gets kind of a head turning kind of a thing he was one of the men on the pirate ship and he says i do not like my life i don't like being here and this is not as romantic the word romantic wasn't exactly what he said she's looking up the notes to make sure she quotes exactly what he said but i don't like my life as a pirate but i did like johnny dip and the pirates of the caribbean so he said this, and I said to him, I, we got done, and I said, uh-oh, was he on the ship as a spirit man, or did he go and choose a life back then? Head turner, let's go there. He dies today. He goes. He doesn't choose a future life. He goes back in time and chooses a life yet to be born, and he takes that life. Yeah, Tina and I really had to talk about this because it implies you don't have to pick today's era to have a life. You can go back and have a life. So do you want to be a Roman gladiator out there? Or do you want to be part of the French Revolution or wear the pretty dresses? Someone in the audience, I thought this earlier, someone's giving me the impression that they fancied the beautiful dresses of the 1700 French environment, whether it was in the country or not, but the, uh, the opulence of the French court with those beautiful dresses. And you could go back and have a life in that lifetime. Go back and have your head chopped off or be, be somebody who escapes. Um, I don't know how many people want to be Cleopatra, but why not? How many people could be Cleopatra? How many times is the spirit in that woman different? How many times, just, ooh, hurts the head thinking about it. I love that. Same time, if you do that, does that mean that you also get wounded from that life? Remember, I was captured. And I sometimes wonder why that life was shown to me. Guess why? Because I was young and I had a family and I was killed. Guess what? I was young. I got cancer and I thought I was going to die. Same energy had to be worked out. 
So I think a lot of our past lives tie into who we are today. Are they all come together like a deck of cards and we play out all of them? No, we choose which ones we want to work on. And so I want to go, we have a lifetime to have the experiences. We don't have necessarily a lifetime to absolutely recover, but you can delegate what kind of life you want. If you are somebody who's suffered a lot and as a spare person, you never really worked it out. You will come into a life to suffer to see if you can learn how to make it better. Does that make sense? So I have people who don't have children, clients. They just, it didn't happen for them. And I says, you know, this lifetime is really important because you're pursuing everything you've really wanted to do without encumbrances. Uh, when I got married, I had dated my husband for four and a half years all through high school. And we uh, grad went to college for two years. The next day after graduation, we got married. Five Catholic couples. We tied up all the Catholic churches on June 17th of that year. <laughs> so, uh, which is great because we were all invited to each other's. It was crazy, right? So, um, so what I'm saying is, is that we can be suffering from it or we can be rewarded from it. We don't have to suffer from that lifetime. I didn't well, so I'm going to do it this lifetime. You could pick another lifetime and say, I think I like to work out that. I want to run. I want to be a runner. Next time I do want to be able to run. At this age, can I do it again? You know, I'm getting better. I had some health issues the last few years. I had COVID a couple of times. <laughs> you know, it gets it's pretty rough that way. Um, has some energy and injuries. So I'm looking forward to catching up again at this age. Sure, you're never too late to get back into it again. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Um, when the child comes to you, I want to mention this. If a child comes to you and says, by the way, do you remember? Or they talk about a thing they shouldn't know about. I want you to be very calm. And I want you to ask him, can you tell me a story? Or it's sometimes better to get paper and crayons and say, can you show me a story? And have them draw pictures. There's a wonderful story. And it came out quite a long time ago. I think the woman now is in mid-60s. And as a child, she would tell her mother about living before in Ireland. And this is a woman who grew up in Ireland. And it was a national show uh, of discovery. And it might have been the 80s or 90s that came out, where she actually found the living children, the remaining living children of the woman that she, as she wore, was at the turn of the century. Uh, she had her seventh or eighth child, and then she unfortunately passed away. And she found the the little tiny house that they all lived in, which is amazing that so many children, people could live in a small house. She found the house that was all disarray. And she found, I think, two of her youngest children as adults. That's really amazing. How can we, how can we not believe in this now? Um, I believe in spirit. And these little children are three, two, three, four years old. They're talking about a past life. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. It's amazing. So I want to remind everybody during the week, Char and I are going to do past life regression. Yes. It's up to her what she wants to share. Yes. But what I'm looking for is how does it believe, how does it feel? And with that, you have to identify, are you a feeling person or a visual person? I'm very visual. And that's why I can describe spirit people. I'm an artist and was an artist for a long time. But there are people who might be afraid. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to say, I'm really curious because then you're going to get answers. And what that happens, you may turn off your 
sight, but you'll feel. If you feel, then that's good enough. You feel the person, man or woman, how old are you? How do you feel being in the village or the town or the city that you're living in? You can have a whole session just on that. It's, it's quite amazing. Um, I really want to get more into it. I find it's very exciting. It's kind of like an awakening. Maybe you don't believe in survival, but you believe in past lives. Let me think of that one. Why not both? Is one waking you to the possibility of the other? And why would anybody want to come back? Well, let me tell you. I had the client come to me and Papa had died. And he was um, a widower and he lived somewhere in the country and he, she would get ready for work and go over to his house and she would make the coffee and the coffee would wake him up and he would come downstairs. He was a little tiny man and he would come to the table, you know, the 1950s look table. He's, that's what they owned, right? With the padded chair and everything. And he, she, he would come down after getting dressed and she would have coffee cups there which I didn't know until I said to her, his message to her was, would you have a fresh cup of coffee with me? And tears. And then she says, let me tell you a story. And that was his message to her that their connection, this was truly who um, I was talking to. Now, anybody knows me, I love coffee. It's not like when I was a young woman after the cancer, my blood pressure was 100 over 60. I mean, you know, it, it was that. And the doctor one day said to me, we need to bring your blood pressure up. Why don't you have a cup of coffee? And I went, ooh. He says, well, add cream and sugar to it. Well, bingo. <laughs> I love coffee. So in some ways, that spirit man was missing having coffee with her. That's why we come back. We miss the volume and the depth and the pressure and the heat of flesh. We miss being able to grab onto somebody and hold them and feel breath. Kiss somebody on the cheek. Um, I kiss my son on the cheek and um, American Indian. We don't have a lot of facial hair. He might have a couple of stubble little things in late afternoon. And I remember one day kissing him. It was smooth and this. And every time I think of that, I wonder if he can feel me put my face up against his kind of brings tears to your eyes because you can feel that love by the heat, by the holding of, I don't know how many people are ice cream fans, but I know people who will die for any ice cream. Are you going to come back to him ice cream? I want to come back because I want to go in down space. I want to be an astronaut. I want to see the stars. And I've had dreams of traveling in space. In fact, I've had a dream of a family on a spaceship. And they're going across the cosmos. And this little boy is a stinker. He gets out and he gets lost between the cabins in the walls. And so I'm going to write a children's book of the first boy in space type of thing. And for those engineers that would watch this, um, I think it's me because I can see myself crawling. This ship has a problem. Gravity has to be established for the youngsters, for their bones to grow. And so in space, if the gravity's there in a turning uh, ball and they're inside and they have it all painted up and kids can run because gravity is holding them against the inside of this ball, that ball is inside of another gyrating kind of a thing. And unfortunately, it's not quiet. And that is a problem on the ship because it's a constant brrr, 
And on that ship, I grew up to try to help solve that. Why don't you guys think of that first? And we don't send people out of space where there's not supposed to be any noise, but inside the ship sounds like a cattle car. Please. <laughs> okay, everybody. I'd tire everybody out. Topic, one of my favorite topics. I could talk about the sessions all night long I've done. And I didn't even talk about the ballerina or the, or the, uh, the dress designer. So real quick. Um, young I have something real fast. Uh oh, um, go here, ahead. Here it comes. Yeah. My mother, um, when I was little, I never get sinus headaches. Mm -hmm. She'd lay me on her lap and she would massage me right here. Ooh. Uh huh. Okay. While I'm sitting here, I'm on camera. I can't say anything to anybody. I felt this right here. Oh, mom's visiting. And the next thing I knew, <laughs> I was out. <laughs> and I hear Nancy calling me. But yeah, I mean, um, what are you going to say? I mean, you're talking. I'm kind of like, no, get away from me. Get away from me. You know. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> I just it. And then, yeah, it did, what it did what it always did when I was a kid. It put me down. Always. Mm -hmm. So that's what that was. I wanted to tell everybody. That's what that was. Is my mother came and because I've been having sinus headaches the last couple of days because the allergies and everything. With the heat. Oh, my gosh. The headaches I've had. Before we go, I want to share these two more stories. These are girls, 17 and 19 years old. And um, a lot of times parents will call me and they'll have me talk to the young people. My um, youngest um, client was nine years old. I, in fact, a couple of nine-year-olds, the lady talked to me and then the daughter came in and mom had to leave and she had this big list of questions. Anyway, so I can't remember which girl's which, but the first one was a, a, a gal who called me and all of a sudden I was shown um, a ballerina and what I would take to be the Russian courts. And this ballerina was dancing and she was dark hair like me, but she was older in her forties. And in her head, she's saying, this is the last time I'm dancing for my, my King, my emperor. And she was gorgeous. And of course I want to see if anybody has pictures, she's dancing in this huge hall with pillars on either side. And she starts out one end and she can see her emperor at the other end. And she's dancing her last song just, and I can hear the music and it's echoing because the room is so big. So she starts screaming for her mother and I go, Oh man, what's this mother comes on. She says, she's so, she's so excited. She couldn't tell you. Um, she's been a ballerina since she was five years old and she's now doing that. I'd rather she's professional now, but she took that, talent into this life and the other one i have so many but i wrote this down i want to share and the other girl that called this one was a 19 year old that called the second one she was in school and she didn't tell me what she was studying and she then said um i have this passion oh okay what is it she says do you ever see me um being successful in designing clothes i've been sewing since i was a little little girl and before she could even answer i saw this um beautiful woman and she was walking toward me and then she turned sideways and she says, people thought I was a, look like a willow branch. And I like long dresses of black. I had black hair and white skin. And of course I told the young girl there and she, uh, and she says, Oh my God, you just described Coco Chanel. I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> like, I don't shop at those stores, ladies. <laughs> And I said, well, let me tell you something. And maybe I'll get people in the audience. Oh, no, you're not right. 
So how many thousands have I done these things, right? And they tell me you can come right back if it's an accidental death or you need to return because you were in the, excuse me, the, the fetus was the wrong sex and you wanted to be the other. That does happen. Um, but 25 to 25 years for more or less seems to be average. Now you could go 100 years, you could go 500 years, but 25. And I told her, I says, well, I don't know when she passed away, but you are um, 19. The woman... I've been told by spirit people, it's about 25 years. Mother in the background is listening. <laughs> the research is done. The screaming is happening. Uh, 25 years to the month she was born. So if you go look up, and I didn't do it. It just occurred to me. Look up Coco Chanel when she died and that girl was born. And that's been a few years. So I'd be curious to know how old she is now. If you're listening, I want you to get hold of me, girl. Isn't that fun stories? And those are young people being affected by past life. Now, the destiny, why did she have to call me? Where these young people, their destiny was to be something. And the spirit guides, the family said, we're going to show Nancy a picture of what they were in the past life. We're going to get them motivated again. Absolutely. I do believe in that. All right, Char. Okay. Building up to next week now, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. We'll, we'll see how things match up. Not I, like the, I like the arts and crafts. Okay, I've got like 10 projects at once going on yeah. in my house. Yeah. Drives, my, drives my family insane. My sister my sister just rolls her eyes you know, because she'll come over and find something over here. Okay, I enjoy fishing. Long walks on the beach. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> you know, uh, I've always been a music buff. It doesn't matter what era. So I've always been into music somehow. I've, I like, the, again, like the work of my hands, but also I like to be outside doing stuff with my hands. So we'll see. But you're not mentioning your career, being a news. How do oh, you yeah. start? Because you're a journalist. Journalist. You started out. Yeah. Business owner, I've been. A, I've owned two two different businesses. You know, uh, um, mostly direct mail advertising. So I, I've been, you know, journalist advertising, blah blah blah. So I've been down that way too. I love cars, fast cars. Okay, so we'll see what you know what what transpires this week to see how how it matches up fun. my likes, and you know, and, and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And mom, don't bother me during a show ever again. So. Oh, I love your mother. <laughs> it was weird, man, because I was just like, oh, that feels really good. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. Just like I, love it. I remember my sister trying to do that to me when I was when I was older. And it never oh, felt the same. No, oh, no, 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 no. No, you know, doing this stuff. Mother's was, touch. That was mom's touch. And mm -hmm. I, my, my headache's gone. I'm good. I'm good now, you know. Should we right. go into an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And this funny thing, I could talk show. about this for two, three, four shows. Well, I There's think it's great. Now. I think it's a, it's a great topic. And and I think the gal you talked about that was Irish, she was on TV, and she yes. even found her the house she had lived in because mm -hmm. the house was still there. Yeah, and, the they got, and there was a stone or something in this house that yeah. that had that that had some kind of etching on it that she had done. Well, her mother was very smart because she yeah. started a child and so the child was drawing all these pictures and she drew the streets of the town she lived in and so as an adult as a young woman 
married with a child or she was very young in her twenties. The mm -hmm. mother had given her a box of her drawings and all collaborated. I can't imagine her, her son was quite elder, elderly. Uh, I, I just remember the, the, the son being 60 to 70s by the time she found him. And at first they didn't believe, it. I think there was three living and they're sitting on the couch being interviewed. And they said, how do you feel about this? And of course the, their religion wouldn't allow it, but they say they can't deny it. How would she know their, their names or the nicknames? Can't You can't guess. Okay, guys, so come back next week. We'll see what the results of all this are. And uh, wow, I mean, I think I'm going to do it on audio as well. So when we do it, I you can't see me when I'm down, but uh, if, you know, we'll take the highlights and put it on audio for you guys so you can hear, the, oh. hear what transpires. And then with that, when we get done, um, before we did readings, mm -hmm. um, people would write in and I would tell them, the spirit person that was standing next to them. Let's see if I can do a past life. If you can get into the chat room and get Char's attention, remember everything that's divine, the ones that are supposed to know will get Char's attention and just have your name. And it's fun to know where people are. We had a Canadian and a in England, I think last time. Oh, yeah. uh, just say your name. And if you want to know you and your husband or spouse, friend, teacher, um, brother, sister, what your relationship is. See if I pick that up. If you have no question, then I, if I can, I'll pick up the lifetime that's affecting this one and see if it, um, it's really going to be hard. I, I don't know that I've ever done that. Well, I've done it in groups. Um, we'll see how it works. That'd be fun to try. Yes, How's it would. It would. Monday, mm -hmm. we're going to be doing, well, we're going to be talking past lives again with Poor Mr. Matlock, who got the short end of the stick the last time he was on. So we're, we're bringing him back on. Again, that's a phone interview. So, you know, you guys can listen and do your laundry or whatever the heck it is you want to do. Sunday, I'm back at 6. We decided to go later on Sundays now. So 6.30 p.m. I'm back reading about Lizzie Borden. Last week, I think I, I think what I needed to do was, was scan the some of the photos in because it, it did come with photos and, you know, descriptions of these people. So you'll be able to see them this, this coming week, this time. I'm going to go through the chapters ahead of time. So I'll have the photos done. So we'll be doing that Sunday. Monday is going to be Jim Matlock again. And then we swing into next week with our regular show schedule. And then Nancy will be back on Nancy Matt's Fridays. Yeah. Exciting stuff. I'm going to try to do this for a while because it's so much fun. Yes. And I, we got some really wonderful responses of um, my picking, my being able to describe the spirit people. And particularly, maybe next time be interesting, well, I don't know, but that fellow that was in Pennsylvania where I described the people that were in around his property in a row. Mm -hmm. And he said in the chat room, you read it back to me, that he lives next to a mine that had collapsed and killed a lot of miners. Mm. And I, 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 I went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why are they still there? I or they I want to ask him, too, about, you know, I'll ask you about Tommy knockers from that mine, too. What's that? What's you a Tommy? You don't know what a Tommy knocker is? Uh-uh. Well, those came via, um, this, I believe it was the Scot Scottish or Irish miners and what they are. So people oh. see different things with them. There's like different versions of them. The ones that I've seen look like like the Keebler elves. A what? They don't have corny hats on. They're just like little dwarf guys. Look like the, they, they got overalls on and they're very mischievous. And they're oh. the ones that, 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 will, that, that will warn the miners of an imminent collapse. Oh, 
these were big people. I, I didn't take them to be bells or anything. Well, they can be big too. I mean, you know, it just depends on, on, I don't know how, maybe it's how they present themselves to people. I did a house up in Camino where they had Tommy Knocker running around the house and the thing would steal, they, they steal things that they want. Like they'll take clothing, you know, articles of oh. clothing or some object. And so they were, they were, this guy was driving these people nuts because the, they, they, they'd lay stuff down and all of a sudden it would be gone. Oh. They would find it stacked up in the corner somewhere in a closet, you know, where, where this Tommy Knocker was taking them. And so yeah. I just said, well, the best way to do that is they love food. So just to just make a spread. And then once they did that, there was no problem. Mm. I never I mean, Tommy Knocker, yeah, you should do re research on Tommy Knockers. It's pretty cool. And, and, and sometimes the, the miners feared them, but sometimes they didn't because they were very helpful. Well, they didn't help this group of people. I felt like these were the men, were men of the, of the crash. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had groups of spirit people show up to be recognized because they are a group. Yeah. Uh, I just had a flash of one. I don't think I should mention this group on, but uh, some people that were in a terrible accident, they showed up in a group when I was in George Lopez um, port orange paranormal. And um, someone's walking was, behind me. Pardon me. Someone's walking behind the screen. So anyway, uh, you have plenty of pets there, huh? Well, let's call it a night. I've okay. probably worn everybody out an hour and a half later. Okay. I will see you guys Monday. I'll, I'll flash through now. Let me do this. Lower this down a bit. Yeah, my screen. What I got to get is like a 25-inch computer screen. You know, so I can have it just right in front of me. Um, I'll flash Nancy's info for you and her books and her info and all that good stuff. And then, um, and then uh, I will see you guys on Sunday afternoon. Nope, maybe sooner on uh, TikTok. Check out the California Haunts oh. TikTok. We're going to even put the part, parts of this show on the TikTok. I have to get at least two TikToks out this weekend. <laughs> so, because uh, I fell behind this week. But we're going to do that. And then, um, yeah, I'll see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. It was fun, Char. <laughs> That's nancymats.com website, nancymatsalta.com. And you can catch her at youtube.com, Nancy Matt Psychic. And her book, Help Get Me Out of This Funk. And the other book, Two Worlds, Developing Your Psychic Skills. And The Unwilling Sacrifice. And, of course, they can be purchased at uh, Amazon.com. If you want a reading or anything, check out nancymats.com. Okay, again, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hate the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. If you're watching from YouTube, please subscribe. Looking for subscribers, as always. And visit the radio station the <laughs> website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. See you Sunday.